and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy, where with the assistance of my good mate Casey Joe McIndoe, we are previewing round six of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Well, tēnā koe Casey, and thank you very much for joining me on Code with Kingy, where we are previewing round six of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, and, and as I've done with all the guests that I've had on for the first time this year, I thought I'd just chuck the mic to you to get your thoughts on the competition so far, some of the highlights, maybe potentially some of the lowlights, and yeah, just a bit of a summary from your perspective of what you've seen in 2021. Kia ora Jordan, thank you for having me again. Another another full-on Super Rugby Aotearoa season, and I mean it's just back to back to back, like every week it's just another big clash, another big hit out, I mean obviously Crusaders uh, ahead of the game, but all other games... Um, Real head-turning games, and it's also exciting to see some new players coming through to the Super Rugby level. Uh, it's probably a few more faces this week as well, so that makes it exciting, I think. 100%, bro. I think that it, it almost seems as if like when one player goes down or when we seem to be short in a certain position, we somehow unearth a little prospect. Maybe locks, maybe a position that means um, that where we aren't so deep in and we might like to see few of the younger guys stick their hands up, but yeah, like we saw last year with the likes of Tupo Vai, he sort of stepped up and seemed pretty comfortable at the test level, and you got guys like Putty Putty Parkinson coming through, that Sam Derry uh, at the Blues who came up from Canterbury, so yeah, it, it has been quite refreshing to see a lot of the new guys step in and sort of come into the arena with no fears or anything like that, because I think that what you might get with a few of the older guys is that perhaps they, nothing changes, whereas like when you get these young fellas in, they tend to shake up the competition and just add a little bit of flavour to it in comparison to what we're seeing. And, and also off the back, what you mentioned with these games being back-to-back-to-back, it's like in the past with the Super Rugby competitions, we might have been used to, you know, like the Blues taking on the Lions and that being like an automatic win or an opportunity for these teams to throw out some of the younger players. But what we've seen like with this competition is that, you know, there's it's such a short turnaround because, you know, even like the lowly Chiefs who had lost 11 games in a row, they've now recorded back-to-back wins and, pretty pretty dangerous when they get when they're clicking on all cylinders so it is quite an exciting competition but I guess what I mentioned with Tim Young in our in our recap podcast earlier in the week is the fact that unfortunately you know for me you're going to see teams like the Highlanders and potentially the Hurricanes just hitting their straps now but it's almost like too little too late for them unless a couple of results go their way later on down the line where they're in contention to make the final just because of how heavily contested or just you know just because of how quick this competition is and how early you really have to get into that win column eh? agreed yeah I mean Hurricanes you know playing without a first five or like a ring in first five it's just like wow how do you how do you lift mm. yeah it's, I, I still don't have the answer for that one I mean they were fortunate to get a to get a win last week and they're probably going to run the same fella in this week's game but yeah on that note bro why don't we roll into the first one Crusaders taking on the Highlanders a rematch of the season opener instead this time it's being played in Christchurch and um, I mean like it's, it's your classic southern rivalry and fortunately for the Crusaders they're coming off a bye so it'll be you know they'll be coming into this clash you know relatively fresh you know even with the fact they haven't lost any games and given like what we've seen from the Highlanders and 
by the looks of it, he hasn't actually fielded an understrength team. I think some of the only newcomers that have come in not, are the likes of like George Bridge. Yeah, like I, 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 it was it was weird. I would have thought this was an opportunity to maybe give guys a bit of an extra rest, but nah, he, he seems to have gone with the tried and true with that four pack, and it doesn't look like the the Highlanders are going to have to. That will, yeah, it looks like the Highlanders are going to really have to put their best foot forward if they're going to come up with a win away from home. Yeah, the Crusaders have come out with a a fully stacked lineup, and against the Highlanders who have just lost six players. So that just came out in the news today that six players have been stood down. I think that's Josh Uani, Daniel Leonard-Brown, uh, Teoriki Ben-Nicholas, and Zio Tompkinson. So just adds injury to insult. Yeah, it's good. Like, how do you... How do you... <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I, I can totally see where they're coming from from an organisational perspective. Obviously, they have certain standards and, and protocols, and by the sounds of it, those players maybe had too good a time um, on the weekend and unfortunately they've had to suffer the consequences by sitting this week out. But in saying that, like when you look at the team that the Highlanders have fielded, I mean, like it's not like, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Josh Iwani. Sio Tompkinson had started in the midfield for them and guys like Marina Makaili Tu and Tiaraki Ben Nicholas, I mean, they're quality players. But, you know, I like the look of that Japanese fella that they've, that they've brought over, um, who's playing in the Ford pack, um, Kazuki Himeno. He, he added a bit of mongrel off the bench last week. Uh, Tomasu Wanga Jensen comes into the fold after having a, a nice little cameo, getting a meat pie at the end of that Hurricanes game. And I think it's Conor Garda-Bashup that shifted the fullback in place of Iwani. So there's still talent there, but, yeah, like you said, I don't think it was probably the biggest confidence boost going in to a big game for these guys because I know how much those boys get up playing arguably their big brother in the Crusaders. But, yeah, I, I was, even off the back of that, I'm not sure, you know, Razor probably didn't take that into consideration, but I just would have thought that maybe yeah. we would have seen a couple of the younger fellas for the Crusaders maybe get another chance given just the state that the Highlanders are in. But, no, nah, it looks like he's going straight for the throat for this one. Yeah, Hamino as well, like getting his uh, first start I think he'll be rearing to go. I mean, you don't come all the way from Japan, get your first start against the Crusaders, and then just ease into it. Man, he's going to be humming. Yeah, definitely a lot of potential there. But I guess shifting over to the Highlanders, though, um, I mean, if you look at the stats from their game, I mean, they had the majority of the ball. I think it was around 70% last I checked. And if you just go and watch that first half, they actually dominated a lot of the play. Like, yes, the Hurricanes took the points when they were on offer and capitalised um, when they were inside the 22. But the Highlanders actually had a shitload of ball and just couldn't quite convert. I mean, like there was namely the the opportunity for the young winger, Freedom Bahakolo, who unfortunately has broken his foot this week and will be up for the remainder of the season. But it was the, the incident where he looked as though he could have reached out and scored, but hesitated and chose not to and then the Hurricanes had the turnover there and Shannon Frizzell went for the big Gronk slam and you know obviously that was a knock-on which looked like a set up for five points so I mean it, 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 it must be a frustrating thing for Tony Brown at the moment because they do seem to create a bit of play it's just more so their patience and their, their accuracy just around their ball security that seems to be letting them down of late and Obviously, it was a special night for Aaron Smith last week with him becoming the, the most capped Highlander of all time. And I just thought the boys would have been more up for it. But, yeah, just they could never quite find that groove. You know, with, with the amount of ball that they had, things just didn't really kick on. So, I guess the question I throw to you about the Highlanders is, given what you've seen of them so far, do you think that 
it's really just patience that's becoming their undoing um, when it comes to these games and being on the right side of the result? Or is there more to their game, or are there more pressing issues for Tony Brown and co? I think it's just that final finesse in the 22. I mean, they had so many opportunities. I was watching the game and thinking, like, when when, when are these points are going to come? And then next thing you know, there's a knock-on or there's a turnover. I mean, I would would have been hating to be Tony in the, in the coach's box watching that because I feel like they just dominated and left so many points out in the field. Mm. Yeah, it's just that final finesse, I think. They just need to step step it up, uh, execute when they're in the 22. Um, yeah, because otherwise chances will go begging just like they did against the Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. And I mean, the, the fact that they, I mean, it was a decent scoreline in the end with Geordie um, kicking that last penalty. I think it was, yeah, 10 plus, but yeah, I mean, I, this, it's it's a frustrating one because, you know, like, I mean, I bang on about the Crusaders and the way that they play at times. Then you get a team like the Highlands, who's, who I think probably play the most attractive brand just because they probably don't have the biggest full pack going around and they're very back orientated. And, you know, me being a back, I love, you know, seeing the ball spread wide. And, I mean, Tony Brown, he's a wizard when it comes to all that stuff. But it just seems that, you know, when they really get down to the nitty-gritty and they're inside, the opposition's to be two five minutes on the line. They just don't have quite that punch. Um, and maybe that's where a Thomas Umanga Jensen comes into the fold and he's like that game-breaker that they've been missing as of late, because, I mean, like, fuck, they've had a shitload of season-ending injuries. I mean, Liam Squires now out for the remainder of the season. Um, Fatsuti Pai, who they brought down from the Crusaders, he was meant to be the goods um, throughout the preseason, but they ended up doing his ankle. Um, they're only really getting Putty Putty Parkinson back now, who I thought was actually pretty good. I mean, looks like he's put on a bit of weight since last year, and hopefully, you know, he's a bolt for the All Blacks come test time, and he can help get the, the Hollands a bit more go forward. I mean, especially with Marina McCarty, too, out this weekend with his... Um, suspension if you will but yeah like, yeah I, I guess i'm in full agreement with you bro just that that it's almost at that last punch you know they seem to be throwing all the right combinations but right when they need to land that knockout blow um it just goes astray man but we'll go on to who we think is going to win and by what margin so yeah do you want to start us off yeah i'll start us off i'll go um crusaders 13 plus i think they'll have a a sort of tighter first half and then i think they'll pull away in the second half I'm super excited to see um, Falao Fakatava as well. I think he'll really bring some energy on attack and defence. But, yeah, I think Crusaders are going to be too much. I mean, their, their team is so stacked. I mean, they've got some super subs on the bench as well, but some young players as well, so that could make it interesting. Yeah, I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, bro. I, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you. I think the Highlanders will be up for it, as they always are with the Southern Rivalry. Um, but I feel like they'll only be good for maybe the first 50, 60 minutes. And we've just, we've, I mean, we've seen how potent the Crusaders are, you know, in the space of like 10 minutes. You only have to flash back to the Hurricanes game, round two, where they scored like 20 something points when Artie Sevilla was sent to the bin. And yeah, like, it's going to take a monumental effort from this Highlanders outfit. And, you know, hopefully they show a bit of pride and are in it enough to make it a closer game but yeah if I was a betting man I, I'd be going 13 plus but yeah we'll roll on to the next game uh, which is the Blues and the Hurricanes that's on Saturday night uh, and, and I mentioned um, for those of you who haven't listened to the recap podcast I was talking to my mates about this the new sort of swagger that the, the Blues are rolling with at the moment and I mean it's a good thing you know they've gone from being the guys who were sort of like the laughing stock of the competition to you know the guys who aren't afraid to, you know, throw their weight around against anyone on the team, specifically the Crusaders. 
I thought that they looked like they were up for that game, but ultimately it was a bit of a bit of a lack of composure and experience that was the was the difference between those two sides in the end. And, and you know, I guess what is the difference between the Crusaders and the competition as a whole? But I guess gone are the days where they needed to just make up the numbers, and now they have aspirations of you know kicking on to get some silverware. But one of the big takeaways from their loss to the Chiefs last weekend, albeit you know on the hooter to some magic by Damian McKenzie and um, a nice line by Luke Jacobson. I mean, the amount of points that those boys turned down in the first half, especially when their set piece was going astray, was pretty mind-boggling. So for you, and, you know, like being in Auckland, and I guess, you know, you're probably around guys who back the Blues, do you think that they're probably a bit ahead of themselves at the moment, you know, considering all the hype that's around their team? And although they do have a bit of depth, they haven't quite shown that they're those guys yet. They're more so just acting like it. Yeah, I reckon they just need to just sit sit down and sort of just calm down a little bit. I feel like yeah, same 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 sort of situation with the, you know the Chiefs. They they left points out there that were easy easy threes, and I mean it was like 20 minutes in and it was still nil, but they were still turning down the threes. Like this isn't gonna be this isn't gonna be an easy game. Just you know take some points and then build on that. But yeah, they've got massive players, but they just need to. To execute and obviously they back themselves they're super confident but it's just that final crossing the line to get the points I mean they can't be making those mistakes against the Hurricanes because Geordie just scored 30 points um, and he'll, he'll he'll take the penalties he'll he'll be kicking them all day <laughs> they'll be doing the opposite of what the Blues did last week from inside their own half as well bro that's that's the um, that's the danger when you're playing the Canes these days and just how accurate uh, Geordie is off the tee but yeah I mean, like, looking at that Hurricanes team, obviously they'll be taking a lot of confidence out of their game against the against the Highlanders, where they got their first win on the board. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of them so far. Like, I guess, like, for me, their performance against the Highlanders, I don't know how much I put it down to the Highlanders, you know, lack of accuracy, you know, when it came to putting points on the board. And, yeah, full credit to those boys. I mean, I mean, Geordie had, had, had a wonderful outing. I mean, he was just seemed to be right place, right time for all of his points, and, I mean, they defended really bloody well, especially in their red zone, so you have to give them credit there. But do you think that, given what we've seen from the Hurricanes so far, and, you know, like, albeit, you know, they, they got their win against the Highlanders, that they're going to have the strike power to really, like, match it with the Blues? And, I mean, you've seen that Blues four-pack described as almost South African-like in the past, so if the Blues look to keep the game tight and slow it down, are the Hurricanes really any chance in that department? I think it'll be tight, tight in the forwards. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the scrums because the scrums were a bit messy um, last weekend. So that could be an interesting little battle there. But yeah, they've got big power players, Akita, and I mean Robinson when he came on, galloping like a little gazelle on the wing. Um, but I think there's X Factor on both teams and also unproven sort of super rugby level X Factor as well. People still wanting to put their name out there and likes of Salisi Rousey, I hope he gets another start because he had another good game on the weekend. Um, but then he's up against, like, Talia, probably. Yeah, there isn't really the the space to, I guess, run into any little fellas, especially with these two teams, because there are really some Goliaths that are going to be taking the paddock at Eden Park on Saturday night. But, yeah, I, I guess for just for me on the Hurricanes, although I am a home supporter, um, I, mean, I mean, you can make the case that, you know, they would have 
looked at that Chiefs game as the, the opportunity to get their first win on the board. But I think that had they won that game, um, like everyone expected them to, I'm not sure how desperate they would have been the following week. Um, but again, that sort of stuff's hearsay. And um, hopefully we, we see um, another encouraging effort from the Hurricanes because, yeah, they're my home boys. And, you know, the last thing I want them to do is take one step forward and then two steps backwards. So... Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big clash. I know you know how much those Canes boys get up for playing the boys from the city of Sales, but at the same time, um, I'm not sure what to expect from that Blues team because I would have thought they'd come out hissing against the the Chiefs. You know, off the back of that that big hyped loss to the Crusaders, now that's only been compounded. So the Blues are back at home. You know, like how much of that is gonna be boiling over and you know have them all pumped for that Hurricanes game, or you know like. Again, like we saw against the Chiefs, maybe they get a little bit too arrogant and a little bit too cute and don't take the points on offer or perhaps, you know, like look to go away from the game plan when, you know, the when the, the situation calls for call ahead. So, yeah, a, a very big game. I think um, Colsey not in the cap- captaincy role is an awesome, awesome place for him to be. I think he's just got this new sort of freedom and he brings this little bit of extra niggle that he can bring when he's not the captain. And I think he'll definitely try and get in their heads, especially those young fellas in the Blues. Yeah, I made a mention of that, actually. Um, and I know that Adi Sevilla is a, you know, he, he is very much so a leader in just the way that he carries himself and you see all the stuff he does with the field. But I felt like, you know, like, because he's a guy that gets in the, and he's very much like a disruptor. I mean, like, I mean, he's uber talented. I mean, like, the guy could probably play in the backs if he, if he wanted to. He's that skillful and, that, I don't know, I guess agile. But yeah, I guess like the flip side of him becoming captain and I guess having to account for all the stuff that comes with it is that he's sort of taken a lot of the load off Colsey and because a lot of his game is revolved around, you know, getting into the nitty gritty and, you know, talking a lot of shit and not having to deal with the referee now will be the face of the Hurricanes for the referee. Yeah, like you said, I think it's just added to his game and yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he had a pretty it's good perfect. game last weekend. So yeah, fingers crossed that. The good times continue, bro. But like, just like with that um, game beforehand, uh, who are you picking? Well, if the Blues had have beaten the Chiefs, I would have said the Blues. But because they didn't, I'm going Canes 12 and under. Mm. I feel like I want to go for my old reverse psychology like I did last week. I picked the Landers and the Hurricanes ended up coming <laughs> through. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm torn because like my heart's saying Hurricanes, but again, my head's saying the Blues because... As much as I'm not a fan of the Auckland team, I do like a lot of the, I do like the way a lot of the Blues players play. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Akira, big fan of Hoskins. Um, I, I like Rico Irwani. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I just like that sort of arrogance that he played with. Unfortunately, that then crosses over the line to him playing more like a winger in the midfield um, than what I'd like to see from my centre. But hey, you got to take the good with the bad. So, no, nah, actually, mate, you know, like I, I do think it's going to be a close game. Um, and like you, I think I'm going to back the Hurricanes here. I feel like not a lot of expectation is put on them. I think all the pressure is going to be on the blue side because it's like, well, if they drop a third game in a row, it's like, well, were these guys ever really contenders? And whereas the Hurricanes, they come into it, they would have had a little bit of confidence off the back of their win down south away from home. And they go into Auckland being like, yep, we're up for this challenge and no one expects us to win. So we can just cruise and do our own game. But... Yeah, man, I, I think that's a wrap on round six, bro. Uh, obviously, I have to get you back on next Sunday, Monday to recap it all. And hopefully, bro, we've gone two from two with our results or from our predictions uh, for these two games, eh? 
Yeah, sounds good. Looking forward to seeing Salisi dot down in the corner and then maybe getting a little cross his arms and we can have three three <laughs> lads have done that celebration this season. Oh, bro, I hope he does, mate. I know, um, I, I, I know, I know I've been practising at training. <laughs> oh. The boys are loving it. <laughs> mate, well, you make sure that you get that on the video, chuck it up on the huddle, cut it up, and make sure that once you do it, bro, you flick it to me straight away so I can shoot it on the page. Sweet, that'll be a five-second highlight clip. <laughs> All right, bro. I love you and leave my man. Um, thanks again for tonight, and I'll, I'll get in touch with you on the weekend. Cheers, bro. Peace out.